Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good morning, everybody. I am so excited to be back on the air bringing you episode one of the Rise and Shine series featured by me in the Best Life Cafe. This morning, my first guest is Kylie Kwan. Kylie is a certified life coach, most recently with the Love and Life Coach Academy. Congratulations. She's a spiritual guide. She empowers those who are ready to let their story fuel their rise and be the catalyst for creating and curating the life they envision and most desire. She sparks the true understanding of what it means to be a spiritual being, I'm getting goosebumps just saying it, having a unique set of human experiences. She guides her clients through the connection and distinction between our spiritual being and our human being, navigating love, authenticity, and self-acceptance, learning from and living through our unique human existence. Kylie has a contagious zest for life, unmatched by most people I know, which is why I picked her to go first on this series. Some of the things she's endured include struggles as an Asian immigrant, physical, sexual, and emotional abuse, negative self-talk and body image, chronic physical and mental illness, demands of motherhood, a toxic end to a 20-year marriage, and that's where I entered the picture. Kylie, (laughs) although that all sounds so dark and dismal, you and I both know that there is light at the end of this tunnel. (laughs) So before we show our our listeners to the light, uh, I really just wanted you to kind of, in your own words, like really talk about, you know, the, how you thrived in surviving some of these traumas and illnesses and hardships. Yeah, so as you're listing all those things, they sound really big, and they were. I mean, don't get me wrong. They were, um, you know, really difficult and truly dark times in my life. But each time I got up, you know, I, I rolled up my sleeves and I started again. And most of what has really carried me is my spiritual practice. Um, it has really... Um, held me in that knowing that there's a reason and a purpose for everything that happens. And I don't want to take away from the fact that it was not like it was definitely a struggle, but I really dove deep into that practice of um, having a conversation with my inner guides, my connection to the spirit and connection to the, to the universe to really help me keep transforming. The unfortunate thing was, things happen again and again and again. And the truth is that whenever we don't learn our lessons in our human existence, we get the lessons again and again. It may be through different people, through different experiences, but they come back. So the ultimate goal for me is to really understand what those lessons are and to finally learn it. And so that I can move on to other lessons. And that's what life is all about. This is just life. But these are the stories of our life. And they're real. They're important. And there is such value and a gift in those experiences. And the truth is, is that it can really knock you down on your ass and keep you down but we have a choice to look at it. We can, it takes equal amount of energy to either focus on the positive and the action steps in order to kind of go through that experience just as much as it will be to hide under the covers and never come back up again. So it takes equal amounts of energy, but it's our choice. And I always choose to be happy. 
I love, you know, I love that. One of the things that just came up for me when you said it is, is, you know, we have a choice to get up. You know, I, I always picture, uh, I don't know if you've seen Eat, Pray, Love, but, but I always remember Julia Roberts sitting on the bathroom floor. And it's like, it is that moment, that moment when you were enduring, that moment when you were living those lives that you had to choose to get up off the bathroom floor. And I often even refer yeah. to that. I'll be like, I have to get off the floor. But to do it, it's like, don't you agree that there's just like this fine line where you either stay on the floor or you get up? And it's in that moment yeah. of getting up. So, so what are some of the things that, that helped you get, make that choice in that moment to get up off the floor? I think a lot of it was, you know, I have children. So my ex-husband left me yeah. over a telephone call a week before our 20th wedding anniversary. And this was my best friend. He was the love of my life. I put him on a pedestal. And don't get me wrong, things were not perfect. But I took it as we made a commitment. We were together for 23 years. But to be dumped over a telephone call with one of those conversations of, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And then what unfolded during the divorce was like these massive like betrayals and lies and things it ended up, I felt like in some ways I was living in a movie. And I had to really right. stop and go, I have a choice to make. I have a choice either to be sad about the loss and the rejection of someone who's saying that I'm not worth anything, or I have the choice to, to say to myself, I'm good. This, there's a lesson in it. And the reason that it was easier for me to make that choice is I had done it so many times. And our stories are important. It's who we are. And if we can take the lessons from it, we can actually grow from that experience. And i rather not look and dwell in the past. i rather look forward. So if I had a friend that came to me, if you came to me, if my daughter came to me, if my son came to me, if my sisters came to me, with the same kind of scenario, what would I tell them? <laughs> you know, I would say, not worth it. I would say, you got this. You're better off. All these things. But when we are talking to ourselves, we can be the hardest critics. <laughs> we can For be sure. the most judgmental. And we can be really mean to ourselves. And I like to say, I spent most of my life, you know, really being a people pleaser, a caregiver, and a codependent. And in the true sense of um, turmoil and also abuse, that was a lot of self-abuse I was doing to myself. I was doing self-harm by playing small, by saying I wasn't worth, I wasn't deserving. So that pivotal, like that pivotal moment where, um, you know, my husband left me and then all these things started unfolding. I had to look at myself and say, no more. This is ridiculous. I am no longer going to allow someone else to dictate my own value and to tell me yeah. that I am not enough because I was sick and tired of it. And yeah. I have been trying to adjust yeah. myself. 
those messages definitely play on your psyche if you're hearing them enough times, you know, for a long period of time, 20 years, even if it was interwoven in between the good moments, because, you know, you know, my story similarly, but you do have good moments. And so when you, but the darker moments make it so hard to remember the good, but, you know, for me, and I'm just like, it was all dark, but then I have to think, well, why did I stay? Well, like, and like you said, he was my soulmate, my best friend, the love of my life. But then you had that hard truth you had to face that he wasn't those things. And let me just finish this sentence. One of the things that you said that literally just socked me in the face was you said, I had been lying to myself of what type of man my husband was because he was two very different people in the same body. One that was incredibly beautiful yeah. inside and out, the other cruel and abusive. Maybe a narcissist, not to use the buzzword. But but we all have that, you know, so we're all, we're all incredibly beautiful inside and out because we're all spirit. We're right. But then then maybe the you and I's of the world don't go out and treat people cruelly and abusively until we're inspired to be that stand up for ourselves in those situations. I I just wondered how that played for you because the lying to yourself is such a self betrayal. I don't know that I'll ever get over it, honestly. And I don't wonder how you it is the when you start moving into the self transformational work, the work of self, the biggest thing is is that you don't punish yourself for the mistakes. You don't, you know, put yourself down for you know, all the things that you didn't see. <laughs> but you do have to face the truth. I had to face the incredible hard truth about who my husband was. And wasn't. I had to face what my marriage was and wasn't. I also had to face the biggest truth, which was I did not love myself. I did not honor myself. I did not respect myself. I was not kind to myself. And no wonder I opened myself up to receiving things that I didn't want. But I convinced myself that I was receiving them because I like to look at things in, in a positive way because I like to really live in the understanding and knowing that we are all perfect in our unique, beautiful humanness. And so, like yes, there's ups and downs, you know, there's good yeah. and bad, but it's whatever we, we label it. They're not actually good right. or bad. They're just definitions we give. And the thing is, is that we have a choice. In most cases, 99.9% of cases, we get to dictate how we live our lives. And are we really basing it off of what we want, what we need, what we think, or are we basing it off what it looks like, you know, how, you know, others will judge it, or how scared we are in our feelings? Don't you think most people operate from that place? Like you can just look at social media and you might know the truth about somebody's relationship. Yeah. Really? Like, you know, but so that's the persona that we're out allowed now to give to the world, no matter what's going on in our inner world. And I find that fascinating because I think that you triggered me when you said that, because I know that part of the reason I stayed was, I wanted to be the one who stayed in the room. I wanted to be the one who fought through the marriage and made it work, you know, made it yep. work. And all those things that I thought society thought I should do. Although, you know, nobody right. knew what was really going on behind those closed doors, but me right. and him. And, 
you know, it was ugly. And so I just feel like if only we could go, I don't give a what anybody thinks. I don't care. Right. I know what's right inside my body. I know what's true for me right now. And I know what I need to do at all costs. And it's interesting that we don't often choose that path because it's so scary. It's scary. And, you know, my coach and mentor and trainer, Nancy Levin, the best-selling yeah. author of, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, setting your boundaries will set you free. You know, she really says, like, what we're most afraid of is the feeling. We can handle anything. You have been at the yeah. depth of your own life, right? But you got through yeah. it. Not that it was easy, yeah. but you rolled up your sleeves and got through it. We're most scared of is the feeling around something rather than the actual thing. So you because mean like maybe feeling shame, feeling, yeah, feeling shame, feeling shame, feeling scared alone. of the future. Yeah, all those feelings that we have. And we're already worried about all those things and stuck in the fear of those feelings, but we're not experiencing it. And the truth is, is if you look back at all your stories in your life, you can look back and go, God, I was really scared of that. But in hindsight, ooh, that was a blessing. Or you can go hindsight and go, I totally messed that up and I will never do it again. And the thing is, is I encounter a lot of people who say that. I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to do that again. Why I was so stupid. But then they find themselves doing the same thing again. And that is just 100%. an indicator that we have not learned our lesson. And yes, these, you know, interactions with these other humans can be toxic and it can be um, degrading in a lot of ways and it can be harmful and painful. But the thing is, is it's really about a relationship with ourselves. People, no one can make you feel any way. No one can do anything to you that you don't allow them to do. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give a big and ouch that, there because and like I said, it was literally again. a slap in the face for me. Yeah. So no one yeah. can make you feel anything and no one can make no one can do anything to you that you don't allow. And that's where Nancy teaches about boundaries. It is our choice to dictate, you know, what will what we will and what, what we will not accept or tolerate what we would do and not do and follow through. And that is the hardest part is that upholding. And I think about it when my, like, when my kids were like really small and you're like, no, don't do that. No, don't do that. No, don't do that. And I, you know, was really good about like, I had a three rule, like three count rule of like, I'll I'll say it three times, but then after that you're getting a consequences of some sort, but it was really hard for me to uphold it. And that is the thing about boundaries. We say we're going to set boundaries. We say we're going to do this something and, you know, make the line in the sand. But it's actually our job to uphold it. No one else can cross our boundaries. So a lot of this, you know, self-work is not about what happened to you and who did what. It's really about ourselves. What are we doing? What are we making choices for ourselves? And when someone, you know, does something or says something, what are we really making it mean about us? Because we're taking it with a lens of ourselves and we're turning it around and we can think really negatively about us. But we get to choose. 
We get to choose how we live. We get to choose what we hold on to. We get to choose what, you know, how we're going to move forward. It's really a personal choice. And the hardest lesson for every single thing that I've experienced is what can I learn about me? What was my role in it? What was my responsibility? I can choose to take responsibility for the things that I know is my mine to take. But it is not mine to carry anyone else or be responsible for anyone else. That is such a hard place to get. You know, it, it really is. is. And and I applaud you because I, you know, obviously met you two years ago when you were at the depths of of the, the end of your toxic marriage, you you know rolled in in the middle of the night and sat right next to me, and we bonded immediately at the most beautiful retreat in California. And but we bonded because we had sort of what I like to call that trauma bond. And even yeah. though even though you want out of, and I was still with my partner at that time. I had stayed with him yeah. for another year. Uh-huh. This was and, three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So and I knew. Uh, when I, I knew that I had to leave that relationship then, but I still yeah. took another whole year almost of watching people getting that, that courage to go ahead and go out there and make a bold move and live their life and stand up for themselves. But, but off track, I was just saying that there's this trauma bond that people, and, and, and it's not to label ourselves, and this is not feel sorry for me because I understand my part, but when you have been in an abusive relationship, Unless you have been in an abusive relationship, you probably don't understand. But if you have been in one, there's this trauma bond with either the people. It's almost like you're like, oh, I found somebody who can shame with me because I haven't told anybody my secrets and she hasn't told anybody her secrets. Mm -hmm. No, everybody else thinks we have this great relationship. But so we bonded in that way. And then staying with that person is also part of a trauma bond because you get kind of addicted to the cycle of up and down and up and down and up and down. And I wondered if you'd just talk a little bit about what that was like and how you feel like besides him ending it, you knew, right? You yeah. knew before he ended yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, hindsight, I hindsight is always twenty twenty. Hindsight mm-hmm. is always twenty twenty. I can look back and go uh, back over the last 23 years and go, even when we were dating, there were incidences that I should have walked away. Right. Red flags. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of millennials. I'm 46. I'm friends with a lot of millennials. And they, you know, after my divorce, they gave me a lot of dating advice. And they were like, oh, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. And I just kind of <laughs> was like, God, I never even thought of it that way. <laughs> but I it is. I hindsight is always yeah. twenty twenty. But also, you know, I made this relationship mean something about me. I used it to judge myself. If I couldn't make this work, then I was not a good person. I was a failure. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I'm not grateful, you know, and all these other things that I was kind of telling a story to myself. And, you know, looking back, I realized how abusive it was and it was emotionally yeah, abusive and, yeah. but I grew up with physical abuse. So in my mind it was, well, at least he doesn't hit me. At least he doesn't hit me. And oh that my is, God. High five. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that was a statement that I said to myself. That was a statement he said to me. You know, and the thing is, is again, I want to circle back and I want to bring the focus back. It's not about this person. It's not about the marriage. It's not about what he did or mm-hmm. didn't do. It's about what I allowed. It's about what did I say was okay for me to live with. And I kept myself small and quiet and scared because I wanted to take responsibility. If I only, you know, adjusted myself this way, he would love me. If I adjusted myself this way, then he wouldn't yell at me. The truth is I was not willing to look at what I was worthy and deserving of receiving. But, and wow. it doesn't I mean, matter. Is, yeah, it's just such a big thing that that you said, um, and, and I completely lost my thought because I got caught up in it. But we don't believe that we're worthy, and then we keep thinking it's going to get better, and we stay. Yeah, you think that's the cycle? Is yeah, that you don't believe, or they actually maybe even make you believe that you, you, you nobody else. No would one want can you. make you believe anything. It's we. All right, I'll we take tell it. a story to ourselves. <laughs> We tell a story uh-huh. to ourselves, and then we validate it from the external source. Hmm. So wow. we tell ourselves that we're not worth it. And then we're surrounded. We open ourselves up to the universe, say, hey, I think that I'm not worth it. I don't think I deserve to be treated nicely. And I open my door to anyone who's willing to validate that for me. <laughs> and when you can follow like that. <laughs> And this is the hard truth. It is not about what happened to you or who did what. It's really about what did you allow? What did you choose for yourself? We can justify every single thing in every way, but when you break it down, what it comes to is a relationship between you and you. That's it. You know, Where are so you lying to yourself? Yeah. I feel so late in life sort of getting this message, but I'm so grateful for it because every day I start my day with myself. And I learned a lot of that from you, meditation now being a part of my life, which it wasn't three years ago. And so I can't even start my day until I've meditated. I, I can't yeah. even start my day. I get my lemon water. I sit down. I, I do it. <laughs> And it's like almost like my body's like, thank you for that shot of connection with yourself. It's very important. And it changes the way you feel about yourself after going through a a trauma like this. Like I think it's one of the most important things is your nervous system needing to come back down to life. Adjust, yeah. And we all have this, what I like to call recalibration um, moment or stage. Mm -hmm after anything that, you know, we need to shift in our lives. There's a a period of time where we have to kind of recalibrate ourselves to the new normal, just like we have with COVID, right? There is is a a new normal, but life is always changing. It's not seen new to, I mean, the pandemic in our lifetime is definitely new, but having the rug pulled out from under our feet, it's not anything new. But we need to allow ourselves some breath and some time to be able to adjust and be present in, like, knowing what we have to deal with. 
knowing what we have to shift. So, you know, all these stories that we have, yes, you say you, you came to this work and later in your life, but really all those stories that you live through is what built you up to where you are right now. Just yeah, like for me. sure. And just mm-hmm. like everybody else, they have their own unique stories. What I want to shift for people is that take those stories and own them. Say, God, you know, there was a valuable lesson in this, or I was really strong here. Oh, my God, I totally should not have done that there. <laughs> take what you, right? Like, uh, it's that emoji with the hand on your forehead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really a, about figuring out what served you and what didn't. And then taking that information, keeping what really is positive and good, and then everything else that didn't work could have been better, you readjust. You learn from it. It's the failures that really have such a powerful message for us. But it, again, comes down to it's a relationship between you and you. It's about what you me want in me. your life, what you think. Yeah. You know, <laughs> me, myself, and I, I go back to, I was talking to my um, clients, and I always use this, me, myself, and I. It's, it, I don't know why, I don't know if there was a rap song, that's what I say, there was a rap song called Me, Myself, and I, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it really comes down to it is a relationship of me, myself, and I. And, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, I have some clients who have children, young children or older children. Like, I, my kids are um, 19 and 20. And, you know, the thing is, is like, well, but I, I can't do that because I have kids. I can't do that because I have a husband. I can't do that. They're not living your life. And I want to make sure that everyone brings them back to center. And that's where meditation really comes in is bringing yourself back to center, the center of your own life. You are at the center of your own life. We get to dictate who's in it, how we, we interact with other people. It doesn't matter if they're your parents, your children, your coworker, your friend. We get to dictate what is okay and what is not okay. Bravo. Kylie, we're coming to the end of episode one. We're coming back for episode two. I am so excited to continue this conversation with you. So hey, stay tuned, everybody. We will be back on the air next week with episode two. And uh, what a delightful conversation. So I will see you on the other side. As always. All right. Bye. Bye.